if it smells like shit, you are in the right place. You are listening to the Prod Whackers, hosted by David and Craig. Enjoy. So I think that sums up the feeling of the city of Cleveland right now. Yeah, I think you hit that pretty much spot on. Heading into the uh, the post LBJ era. So yeah, man. I mean, let's get right down to it. I think that uh, this this is the uh, the LeBron show today. Yeah, it's. it's- it's, LeBron's been the center of everybody's universe this entire week, so I don't think we can stray too far from that today. <laughs> no, and uh, you know, it, there's a, there's a lot going on here, and it's kind of interesting. I've been digesting this a lot over the last several days. <clears throat> I know I hit you up and said we should record one like almost instantaneously, but I'm sort of glad I didn't do, end up doing that because it gave me some time to digest my my thoughts on the whole situation. uh, I think we needed a whole, yeah, we needed a week to just get everybody's take and try to dissect everything. I think that was a good move on our part. Yeah. So he said that, well, rumors were flying around, you know, early in the week. um, And, you know, we were hearing that we weren't going to hear um, a decision till Tuesday, right? the third and uh so we were waiting you know i i kept seeing on twitter that he was about he was he was pretty much made up his mind but he wasn't going to say anything until about you know around around july 3rd <clears throat> but i think we got wind of that way sooner than that right yeah, um it was like sunday night actually yeah so i believe it was on july 1st and so um you know he it comes down through, I, I think it was officially released through a, a Clutch Sports like media post, but he also threw up on his Instagram, you know, a message. And, uh, and I actually found out from my wife, I was, uh, I was in the middle of playing Crash Bandicoot on the Nintendo Switch, and she, um, you know, as I was frustratingly getting my ass kicked, <laughs> by this like 20 year old video game that I can no longer beat. Um, she's like, did you see LeBron's post? I'm like, no. And she shows it to me and it just said like, thanks for the, for the memories or something of that effect. You know, thanks, for, thanks mm-hmm. Cleveland or thanks Northeast Ohio. And, uh, and that was that. How'd you find out? <clears throat> same, same thing. I mean, I, I saw, a post go out and I saw an actual like screenshot of the announcement from, you know, clutch sports group. And I, I believe LeBron owns that sports agency, but mm-hmm. it was just this real generic. I mean, it had the letterhead on it and then it had the, you know, basically the announcement of what he was going to do there. And then it said something like for internal use only at the bottom. And my first take when I saw it was, you know, I could Photoshop this thing in five seconds. This is fake. This is somebody just trying to get a bazillion hits or a bazillion clicks on it. But then Mm -hmm. like 10 minutes after that, more and more sources started coming out and yeah, it was for real. And, um, I, I kind of felt that he was going to leave all along, you know, my heart wanted him to stay, but yeah, like, like I've said from the beginning, these guys are professionals. They make a shit ton of money. 
and I, I th- he's never played in the West. I think he wanted to finish on a team that you know has a very very storied history, and he wanted to fit into that. And the more I thought about it all week, just just think about it from his perspective when he was a kid, and he he talked about early on in his career all the people he idolized when he wanted to come into um, the NBA and be a professional basketball player and people that he looked up to posters he had on his wall, just the typical stuff you do as a kid. You have to imagine that he had some Lakers posters on his wall and said, you know, someday I want to be a Laker. And that's kind of, you know, how I feel about it. And that if that's been one of his lifelong aspirations, so be it. Go fulfill your dreams. That's your right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, you know, while let's, let's go back to his first run in Cleveland. <clears throat> so LeBron has an interesting history with, with Northeast Ohio, right? Because he's from here right. and he was uh, a high school prodigy. I mean, you had people who would go watch him play at St. V and, you know, followed him from as young as when he was, you know, like 15, 16 years old mm-hmm. and, and on up. And then the Cavs luck out and get the, the lottery pick and, and they draft him number one overall in 2003. And then within a couple of years in the, into the basketball, you know, he's showing he's he's definitely got the ability to be like the man, you know, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, as a as a Clevelander, and in an Ohioan, you get this sense of pride from LeBron, right? Like you're proud of him. He he came from nothing, and he's made himself into something amazing. But not only is he something amazing, he's potentially on on the path to being one of the, the greats, right? And at the time, you know, you don't know that he's going to be in the conversation for the top two, three of all time. But you know, he's in the top. He's heading towards you know, like the top ten or fifteen. And yeah. uh, and so I think you know knowing that Cleveland sports in general, um, you know, we'd been down and out for so long and to see a guy like LeBron and have him on your side, right? He's born here. He's from here. He gets us right. He's, you know, we we're always like the joke team. Like no one wants to go play in Cleveland. Who wants to go to Cleveland? You know, Cleveland sucks. You yeah. know, why would I go there? Well, you got the guy who's from here and he gets it. And then he ditches us in 2010. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, and then he does it on live TV, and he doesn't help the Cavs out. And then Dan Gilbert writes the famous letter, and mm. Comic Sans will for forever be banned in my house. After that, um, you know, it's just <clears throat> he was so ingrained in us and ingrained in everything that we do. And then, you know, he, uh, you know, he ditches us, and and it hurt in a weird way. And you know, I had, I personally had didn't necessarily care for LeBron the person when he was here the first time around I felt like he always had a bad rap for being kind of a jerk and just didn't seem like a nice guy he was fantastic at basketball and an intelligent businessman and I respected him for all of those things but just you know I always kind of had a thing an axe to grind against him for some reason where I just didn't I don't know he just he always kind of irritated me for some reason I could just he had this like um I don't know, entitled attitude, which, I mean, I understand that when you have people up your ass from the time you're in high school, you know, up till present day, say how great you are and calling you the king. Like I can understand how that happens, but 
you know, I, I didn't really, I don't know, just always something was a little off. And then, and then in 2010, when he was getting ready to make the decision, you know, I was watching it and I'm thinking to myself, man, if this guy stays, he really does get us. And, and if he stays, like he'll be, he just immediately like that just shows me his level of commitment to this area, to the team. And I'll just forever be grateful for that as a sports fan. And, mm-hmm. and then he ditched us. <laughs> and so I was, a little, I was very miffed, but I'm not one of those like burn your Jersey kind of guys, but I was kind of like, eh, well, kind of adds up everything. I always thought about him, right? Like in the back of my mind, yeah, he played for Cleveland. So I rooted for him, but at the end of the day, he ends up basically showing his true colors and it was kind of how I was feeling, which wasn't a popular opinion at the time. And then you get to him coming back, 2014. So he goes to the Heat. He wins two titles. He's in the finals four straight years. And he comes back to Cleveland. You got a young Kyrie Irving on the team. I believe they just hired David Blatt as the head coach. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they just drafted Andrew Wiggins. And, you know, so there's some core pieces here. And I think LeBron, he has a hard time staying in one place too long. Um, So he decides he's going to come back to Cleveland. There's a couple things going on here, I think, at the time, right? You've got, like I said, you have your young core guys here. And LeBron thinks, man, if I can go back to Cleveland and win a title there, that will just cement my legacy. Like mm-hmm. there's just, you know, you, there's no changing that. Like, like that is, that is a game changer for me career wise. And then the way people will look at me at the end of my career, which I think was a good decision. Mm-hmm. However, that required him to make up with Dan Gilbert. And I don't think they ever really made up. What do you think? No, I don't, I don't think that he did either. I mean, LeBron's the kind of guy who I think he plays the game with a chip on his shoulder. He takes a lot of things personally because that, that's his life. And I, I think that letter that Gilbert wrote the first time around, it has probably sat in the back of his mind the entire time. He's like, yeah, I, I was actually shocked that he came back just based on that fact alone, because he's got a lot of pride too. But it, exactly like what you said, if he's sitting there thinking to himself, if I can go back to Cleveland, if I can win a title, cement my legacy for, you know, you know basically the rest of my playing career, and then after the fact, then it, it's going to be the single greatest thing that, that I've ever done and the single greatest thing that's ever happened in Cleveland sports history. I mean, you look back 54 years ago, there hasn't been a title. And... um. I'm not a connoisseur of Cleveland sports by any means. I mean, I like to follow it. I, I think the fan base is great. But 54 years ago, what was it? Was it the uh, the title that the Browns had won and before it was even actually the Super Bowl? Yeah, they last won the they won the NFL championship in 1964. Right. And that was the last title that we had seen in, in Cleveland. So we had never been to a Super Bowl because they didn't exist yet. You know, right. but we won the NFL championship, whatever that was called at the time. That might have been it. Um, it yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I'm not necessarily yeah. like the greatest sports historian. I don't necessarily spend time keeping that stuff racked in my brain. I like to live in the moment of sports, and then I kind of forget about it later. Um, yeah. The only but, thing I do know for a fact is if it's 54 years until we see another title, 
ain't, I'm not going to be here to see it. You might be. <laughs> because yeah. be a, I don't want to live to be 96 fucking years old. <laughs> and it, it, the odds are stacked against me there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'd be pretty, I'd be up there as well. I'd be in my 80s. That's for sure. But yeah, it, uh, it was interesting. So, so you get LeBron, he, he writes this letter this time and, and submits this through sports illustrated. And, um, you know, here's just a, from think back to 2014 when this happened and everyone was like super pumped, like LeBron's coming back, you know, you've got, um, you know, this letter and it was, it was really a heartfelt, uh, heartfelt letter. Like it seemed like, you know, he really understood, um, kind of the mentality in Cleveland and it was, it was cool. Um, you know, I, I was really pumped when I read this, when it first came out, but I just wanted to kind of read, um, a, a quick segment from this. So it says, I'm not promising a championship. I know how hard that is to deliver. We're not ready right now. No way. Of course, I want to win next year, but I'm realistic. It will be a long process, much longer than it was in 2010. My patience will get tested. I know that. I'm going into a situation with a young team and a new coach. I will be the old head, but I get a thrill out of bringing a group of a group together and helping them reach a place they didn't know they could go. I see myself as a mentor now, and I'm excited to lead these talented young guys. I think I can help Kyrie Irving become one of the best point guards in our league. I think I can help elevate Tristan Thompson and Dion Waiters. And I can't wait to reunite with Anderson Verjao, one of my favorite teammates. So, um, the, the last part of this letter is, but this is not about the roster or the organization. I feel my calling here goes above basketball. I have a responsibility to lead in more ways than one, and I take that very seriously. My presence can make a difference in Miami, but I think I can mean more where I'm from. I want kids in Northeast Ohio, like the hundreds of Akron third graders I sponsor through my foundation, to realize that there's no better place to grow up. Maybe some of them will come home after college and start a family or open a business. That would make me smile. Our community, which has struggled so much, needs all the talent it can get. In Northeast Ohio, nothing is given. Everything is earned. You work for what you have. I'm ready to accept that challenge. I'm coming home. So that was his letter, um, mm -hmm. the, the end of that letter. And, you know, that was great and everything, but reading it back now... I feel like, you know, I was just so excited to have him come back. Um, and I, I was ready to move on. The letter showed a lot of things to me at the time. And I remember thinking, you know, he was a dick when he left, but then he, now he's trying to repair that relationship. So he's basically apologizing through this letter and saying, you know, Hey man, like I'm coming back, you know, forgive me. Um, you know, in the letter, he even mentioned like, you know, he did not like the burning of his jersey and felt like he could have easily just said, forget these people. I'm done. I'm out and never came back. And he could have, but he didn't like that. He did not like that. He was like the villain in the NBA when that happened. And, uh, and so it was really easy to hate on him. Um, but as I kind of read this back, I'm reading the marketing spin on it this time, you know, and not reading it with my heart. And you can clearly see he's like, Hey, I'm going to come back to Ohio and we're going to win a championship. And it, it's like all about him, right? Like, um, and to some degree it's supposed to be, but you can, you can really feel the, the like me, 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 me throughout this letter. You know, 
I'm the old guy. I can make Kyrie better. I can make Tristan better. I can, I can, I can, I can, I can. And it's nothing about we or nothing about the organization. Yeah, right. I mean, the only thing he threw out there that necessarily wasn't me, me, me was talking about his foundation in Akron, but it's still... Mm, it's kind of like a humble brag. Yeah, it's still his foundation, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the guy for doing anything in the community that's super positive. But, you know, I'm just kind of analyzing this now through a little mm-hmm. bit of a microscope and you know you're looking at it and 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 at the time it was just awesome like i just remember like just feeling so excited now it's like oh wow cleveland basketball went from like worst to first in like two seconds this is crazy and it was exciting and it was great it felt right to have lebron here because he's from here and so you know it was just it was exciting but then i'm reading it back and i'm kind of reading the basically the I'm repairing my career in Cleveland here, you know, kind of a thing. And, Mm -hmm. and so then, you know, um, we get through the 2014, 2015 NBA, NBA season and, and the Cavs managed to make the NBA finals the first year he's back, which is crazy. You know, no one expected that. Um, of, of course, at the beginning of the season, we got rid of, uh, Wiggins. We got Kevin Love, I believe we got rid of Deion Waiters. Um, you know, we built some pieces around around that Cavs roster, and they go on to play Golden State and lose four to two in the NBA Finals. And it was interesting because you know you lost Kevin Love in the Eastern Conference Finals against Boston, and then you lost Kyrie. I think it was Game Two, um, might be Game One. You know, against the Warriors with that knee injury, and then you get that slight taste of championship you know you felt like man what could have been if 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 kevin love and Kyrie had stayed healthy could we have knocked off the warriors and then Very possible yeah and then you get to the next season 2016 right and everyone knows the Cavs end up breaking the curse in tremendous fashion coming back from a three to one deficit to to win the finals and you know that was an amazing feeling you know we, we busted the curse i believe it was 52 years um, you know, everyone just is pure joy and elation, you know, it's exciting and, you know, it's, it's amazing, right? We have this awesome, uh, sense of, uh, championship mentality in this city. Now it's like, we got LeBron, we beat the 73 and nine golden state warriors in the NBA finals. So what yeah. do they do? They go sign Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Talk about uh, the twenty sixteen championship and how that felt to you. And you've had a, a lot longer experience with it than I have, uh, with the drought and everything. And mm-hmm. you're not necessarily the biggest Browns fan, so you're not really worried about them. So how yeah. did that feel? No, I mean, I I said it a couple episodes ago, maybe even last episode. It's it's probably the single greatest thing that's ever happened in Cleveland sports history. Just just the way the pieces fell together. And, and to go back to, I wanted to go back and comment on some of the things you said about the letter. I mean, right after that letter came out, it, and the the promo video that they cut for him coming back, it, you know, you you start zooming out from LeBron, and then he looks like he's in a team huddle. You keep going farther and farther and farther out into the streets of Cleveland, and everybody's got their hands on the person in front of them's shoulder like it's one giant city and one huge huddle. I mean, mm-hmm. just that promo video alone kind of put, you know, chills 
kind of make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. It was that awesome. Yeah, that was a good video. Just that it just cemented the emotional invest emotional investment that that him coming back to the city, what that brought, the the just the overall feeling. So but yeah, when when that happened in sixteen, I I think the last well for all of the finals appearances, I think you and I would be texting back and forth and mm-hmm. every single time they would start slipping and I would say, Well, you know, fuck this unless it goes to a game five. I'm done. I'm not going to watch because, you know, it's just going to be another huge letdown. But mm-hmm. 2016 was just so good. They fell 3-1. I think I even made comments to you like, yeah, if this, if it gets to game, you know, six, I might tune back in, but it's over. I had given up at that <laughs> point when they fell down 3-1. to one. I think a lot of people had. Yeah, I did too. Um, you know, I felt, I always felt like with LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love, you had a chance every night to win a game. I just didn't know if they could string three in a row against the Warriors the way they were playing. Right. And they did. And that was amazing. But, um, yeah, that was that, that video that you're talking about, that promo they made where everyone kind of just keeps huddling closer and closer. And then you see it just like keeps going further and further out from Cleveland, you know, from the queue and then down the streets and down ninth and so on and so forth. You know, it was so awesome. And that was like such an amazing video and it brought Cleveland together in a way that they hadn't, you know, we hadn't been in a long time because the Browns were terrible and the Indians were, you know, they're kind of like that team that no one, like everyone knows about and kind of like half-ass pays attention to, but no one's really into the Indians anymore. And so, um, and it comes back to, I think this kind of all ties together. In Cleveland, we don't get to keep our stars they leave. We're the farm system for every other organization in every other sport, you know? And Mm -hmm. so you've got the Cleveland Indians where they put together these rosters where they have like, you know, a really good set of like, you know, three, four, five guys on the team that are really good, but no one wants to get attached to them because they know they can't afford them in, you know, a couple years and they're going to go to New York and LA and Boston and they're going to leave us. Mm -hmm. And, and so when LeBron comes back, you're like, hell yeah, I've got LeBron. I've got the greatest player of all time and he is playing for my hometown team and that is awesome. And so everyone kind of starts getting amped again. And if you remember when the Cavs won the championship in 2016, the Indians made their run to the world series the same year. Right. And so during that season, you would see the Cavs players during the playoff run all in the loges up at the uh, progressive field. And they were just rooting on the Indians and you just mm-hmm. felt it, like you felt it, like everyone was like Cleveland, 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 you know, you had LeBron rep in Cleveland, which I don't really even remember him doing that the first time he was here, he would wear other teams' colors <laughs> to the games, you Wore know. a fucking Yankees hat, for Christ's sake. He did, he did. And so it, you know, it was, it was awesome, like you finally felt it. And that's when I, that's when it started clicking with me was, I believe it was after the, after the first finals loss. And then you saw kind of how the team came back and started really repping the town. And you had Richard Jefferson, and you had um, uh, Channing uh, Channing Fry, and they were, you know, they were always outspoken, and but they were all about the town, right? And, and LeBron was leading the way, and that was always awesome to me. Like that, just it was amazing, and uh, and you know, um, I I don't know. I I mean. 
there was just this air in Cleveland that I feel like started to, the, the, the bubble started to burst the next year. And it, so it was kind of coming down from that high mm-hmm. and, and you had, uh, you know, the Cavs made another, another run and then got beat four games to one against the Warriors with Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so it kind of just felt like deflating. It's like Cleveland finally had their big three. We finally won the championship, but we can't turn this thing into a dynasty. And in the meantime, you know, over the course of the last couple seasons, LeBron, I believe LeBron's agents represented a couple of the players in the Cavs roster who ended up getting some major deals because LeBron wanted them to get paid. Right. Fast forward a couple years, and that puts us in salary cap hell and kind of gives LeBron a reason to say he's out. Yeah, so, because you can't anybody oh, at that point. What are you going to do? Yeah. And so he, you know, I feel like, you know, so we go through the 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 2017 season and lose in the finals. Kyrie wants out. That's the news. Kyrie wants traded. So we trade him. We trade him to Boston, which I still don't understand this trade. Um, I wasn't a big fan of it when it happened. Why would you trade trade your all-star point guard to the East? That makes absolutely no sense to me either. And I, I, and to Boston of all teams. I mean, the first time LeBron left, it was because basically Boston walked us out of the building. I think that wasn't at his last game in Cleveland. The first time around was against the Celtics. Yes, it was. Um, and like was I said, horrible. he, he played with a huge chip on his shoulder and then to turn around and to trade him to Boston and give him what he wants. I mean, he wanted out. Yeah, which is fine. Sure, why he wanted out, but then to send him to Boston. I mean, that to me, that's kind of like a an fu move to him directly. Like, I'm sure he wasn't sponsoring that move at all. No, he even said he wanted to keep Kyrie around. So I don't know. I I don't know what the deal is with that. Um, you know, there was always weird rumors going around, but nothing ever confirmed and. I believe the excuse that Kyrie wanted to be the man on his own team. I don't really believe that at all Um, for some reason. I mean, yeah, I'm sure he does want to be the man, but he was the man here. I mean, LeBron was the man, but he was also the man. Like there wasn't, I mean, LeBron did get all the attention or most of the attention and maybe Kyrie did get jaded by that, but I don't know. I mean, who knows? Everyone's motivations are different. Right. And he had some unbelievable all-star caliber games. I mean, he was dropping 50 points a game there <laughs> yeah, uh, over a couple weeks span like it was his job. Well, it he, is his job, but... <laughs> <laughs> he made the shot, too. You know, the Game 7 shot. He shot. Yeah, and so, um, you know, Kyrie gets out. You know, he, he gets ousted. He leaves. Whatever. Um, that was That was when the wind really, you know, left the sails. Mm-hmm. So we get yeah. this half-ass roster for 2018 where it's a bunch of dudes from Boston and no one really gels and you're kind of hearing rumors all season long LeBron wants out and then they make some trades at the deadline and pull in some younger guys that they think could help be a little bit more athletic and help LeBron, but you know that proves not to be the case. As we go through the playoffs, we almost get bounced in the first round. Somehow we struggled our way through to the finals and then we get swept 4 to nothing to Golden State. No shocker there. Um, and this time around, though, LeBron seemed to still be interested. 
at the end, which the first time when he left, I was actually at the last game he played at the queue, and that was my first ever Cavs game, and he seemed completely disinterested to play. Yeah, he gave up in that game, and I remember that game. It mm-hmm. was like he wasn't even trying. I mean, no. he was he was dribbling balls off his feet, turnover left and right. It was just insane. He was mentally out of Cleveland already at that point. Which, I mean, he may have just been worn down because the people they were putting around him when he was here the first time weren't necessarily the best. Right. So throughout that tenure here in Cleveland, LeBron kept signing like a series of one-and-ones where he would have a year and then a player option for a second year. Um, He never gave us a long-term commitment, which I feel like was a catalyst in handcuffing this Cavs team. You know, we didn't have the ability to look down the field. We had to always be looking in the present. And when you do that, it's always going to cost you more. You know, Mm -hmm. you're going to sign veteran guys. You're going to pay them more and trying to get them here. You're going to give up things for the long term that you would normally keep. Um, So then he he leaves. Now, I want to go back to 2016. I believe it was at one of his... Um, like it was a, I don't want to say a parade. It was, you know, kind of like almost like a, a celebration, um, at lock three in Akron right. after we won the championship. And LeBron said, I don't have the energy for free agency. I'm going to finish my career here. Two years later, he's bouncing. Um, I, that rubbed me the wrong way. That was like the first thing that popped in my mind after I saw his announcement to go to LA. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that's the first time I had heard that from the lock three event. I didn't know that he had said that there. I wish I, that's something I missed. I wish I would have went to since it was close, but <laughs> I didn't I never, even go. And it's really close to me. <laughs> it was, there was a lot of people. And, uh, so anyway, um, yeah, it was, it was just, I don't know that that really frustrated me. Um, you know, he leaves, he says these things, and then he takes off. And I don't know. That really rubbed me the wrong way. And a lot of people are, you know, hashtagging, thank you, LeBron, and da-da-da-da-da. And, and I'm glad he was here, and he did a great job. And, you know, he didn't <clears throat> he didn't do anything wrong or anything like that. And, and if he wants to leave, that's his choice. I just wished he wouldn't have said things like, I'm going to be here for the rest of my career, <laughs> you know? And then you take off and then you don't give the Cavs any, you know, you don't help the Cavs at all by not committing to them, mm-hmm. you know, long-term at any stretch during this, this time he was here. And then he goes to LA and signs a four-year deal. Yeah. And, and so, so that's kind of frustrating. You know, you, you, you wreck the salary cap or help to wreck the salary cap by trying to get your guys paid. Mm-hmm. Then you, don't commit and then you take off and so that that really does rub me the wrong way because you know ultimately at the end of the day while i love lebron i root for the front of the jersey not the back Mm -hmm. and so it was awesome to have him here but i think that's where i come from like after having time to really really think about all of this and just kind of go through it in my mind over and over i it's just still something just stinks yeah, and I think the whole deal around him never wanting to sign a long-term deal when he came back to Cleveland was 
that was kind of his way of saying, I'm not committing to you until you commit to me. I have a feeling that there was something behind the scenes where he was saying that he wanted certain pieces in place before he would sign a long-term contract. And the simply the front office wouldn't do it. And I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword because they were already spending a metric shit ton of money mm-hmm. in luxury tax to, to get who they have here and up against salary cap and this and that. And I even seen some comments from Joe Thomas where he said that he is, you know, a proponent of no max contract, pay a guy what he's worth and get who you want. If you're willing to pay <clears throat> the luxury taxes, pay him. I, I think Dan Gilbert was willing to pay those luxury taxes, but it, and his hands were kind of tied with the salary caps. Um, not that I'm arguing for his side of the story at all, but I, I just think that that's where LeBron was kind of coming from. I'll sign a one-year deal. We'll see what happens this season. It, kind, it, it definitely worked out in 2016. Following seasons, you know, not so much, but I mean, there's only so much you can do from the from the business side of things too, and it, it's kind of baffling that he did sign a four year deal to the Lakers right out of the gate, right after he walks out of Cleveland when he would never sign a long term deal. But it, either Magic Johnson is the the greatest salesman alive, or he was just like, you know what, this is probably my last contract. Fuck it. He'll it'll be one of those things where he plays his four years in L.A. He make so he can retire a Cavalier. I, I you hear this story with other franchises all the time. Well, so and so signed a uh, a one day contract to be on this team so he could retire on this team. And I think that that's probably what we'll see when it comes to the end of his career. So he can retire a Cavalier. Dan Gilbert's already said he's going to retire his jersey to the Rafters, which he obviously should. I think there would probably be. Uh, mass rioting in Cleveland if the jersey was never retired, even though he left. You know what I mean? There's still... Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's definitely cemented himself in Cleveland sports legacy where he's back and people are fine with him. Um, I did want to correct something I said. I said it was 2016. It was actually 2014 when he said that he was going to stay here. Um, He was quoted at an InfoCision Stadium event in Akron um, as basically his homecoming celebration that said, I'm not going anywhere ever again. I don't have the energy for free agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I don't get that comment <laughs> at all. Yeah, I mean, I know it's four years ago, and a lot of things do change. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't want to be held accountable for saying things because you know situations change. But just LeBron's smart, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty shocked he would say something like that and then go back on it. Um, yeah. that's not what I would expect out of him. And there's all this talk about him wanting to uh, usher in his son into the league when he, you know, becomes eligible to be drafted into the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just sitting here thinking about this as, as we've seen his career evolve over the years and, you know, from ever since he was drafted, like even what you said, even we've been watching him since he played in high school for Christ's sakes. Mm-hmm. We're already watching LeBron's son play in fucking middle school. Kid's mm-hmm. 13. Mm-hmm. And, and we already have a radar on this kid can you imagine the pressure that that kid is going to be under when he does come to the, the league of the, the, the standard that he has to live up to, to his, oh, no. I mean, his old man. And then not to mention that just LeBron is a big supporter of his kids, which I 
totally dig. Mm-hmm. And he's at a lot of his son's games. But when he gets to the professional level, what, what kind of hindrance is that going to be? Who's going to get more camera time? <laughs> Bronny Jr. or Braun because he's sitting in the stands. You know, you know, he's going to get probably equal amount of camera time when he's retired, sitting on the sidelines. He's uh, part or full owner of the Cavs. That that rumors out there. Yeah, that's just Cleveland people being. Yeah, he's not going to do anything with the Cavs. I guarantee you that. I'd be and I would be absolutely shocked if LeBron ends up owning the Cavaliers of all teams. I don't think Dan Gilbert would want to sell it to him. To be honest with you. Right. I don't think they like each other very much. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's uh, any hidden secret or anything like that. Um, yeah, I, it'll be interesting when Bronny comes into the league because, yeah, he's getting a ton of coverage right now, and he's just in middle school. And it'll be exciting, that's for sure, but I would sure hate to have to live up to that dude's footsteps, you know, that being LeBron. Well, I know. Every time he puts up a stat line for a game, every night it's, it's going to be, hey, my dad did this in his third game in the league. And But Bronny fell a little bit short. ESPN, they're licking their chops because they, they've had something to talk about now, NBA-wise, for 15 years. And I, I even made this comment. I was like, when this guy retires, there could be social media platforms that just fucking fold because they have nothing else to talk about at this point. He's done. His career, oh, yeah. he's put his numbers in the record books, and it's over. What's the next comparison? You know, they, they love to say, oh, is LeBron better or is Michael Jordan better? Is it going to be this situation where, hey, is it junior or senior that's better? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, that will definitely be right there. You know, we'll see. I mean, his son could be. I mean, who knows? We're so far away from that. Um mm-hmm. To well, even, not yeah. really five to six years. I mean, once his net, once his contract is over, his son will be uh, very, very close. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It'll be interesting. I don't know. I'd like to know. You know, I, yeah. I that'll it'll be really exciting. I mean, that'll be something a storyline I'll be interested in for sure. Um, I'll be curious to see where they all end up playing, but. Um, you know, LeBron said he wants to play with him, and it would be kind of interesting to see, like, you know, if he gets drafted into the league on some, like, scrub team like the Sacramento Kings or something weird, you know, does LeBron go and sign there? Or does he pull his LeBron magic and somehow get him to L.A. or Cleveland? Yeah, I have no idea. That'll be that, – oh, we don't have to worry about that for five years, but it'll be interesting to see what happens when it all goes down. Oh, for sure. There was a lot of controversy around when he got the number one draft pick, and it was just ironic that he he's entering the draft and Cleveland pulls the uh, first pick in the lottery. Yeah. There was a lot of controversy around that. So, what could possibly happen at that point? You know, is it some more black magic lottery stuff at that point? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of rumors. There was some shadiness going on going on with uh, the Gund family at the time uh, in the in the, the NBA. <laughs> so yeah. uh, who knows? We'll see. That's for sure. But yeah, I, so I kind of want to move on to, uh, you know, post-Cleveland now um, for LeBron and, and talk about the Cavs and um, in the post-LeBron era. So what do you think, they should do next as far as should they should they tank 
or should we still try and be competitive, uh, center this team around Kevin Love and move forward? You know, what are you thinking? Well, that was going to be the first thing I said. Kevin Love around him as the number one guy now, or are they, if they completely restructure and send Love packing and then, you know, basically start from the ground up. I did see that uh, Colin Sexton, you know, signed his deal. That's mm-hmm. a done deal. He's staying. Um, it, it's just, it, I don't know. I, I think it, I, I'll have a better opinion on that after they, you know, if Kevin Love is for sure here for the long haul, he said all along he wants to stay in Cleveland. So it's just wait and see. It's K Love's team. Then it'll go from there. And I think that's still a good option. I, I don't think we're going to have another horrendous 21 season or whatever that god awful season was where it was like 19 or 20 wins. I don't even know. I should know, but I don't because at that point I didn't care. But I. You got to think back to when before Kevin Love came to the the Cavaliers. I think you know the team that he came from. They were playoff contention at that point, so it was a really big deal that they had got him at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I'll be kind of shocked um, if Kevin Love sticks around. Uh, you look around the NBA and you see Boogie Cousins goes and signs with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. For five million bucks, he's like a twenty, thirty million dollar player. Yeah, he went and signed with them for five mil, and now the Warriors have legitimately five All Stars on their team, which is absolutely ridiculous. And then, you know, Paul George and Russ Westbrook, Stan Pat and OKC, Houston keeps uh, Chris Paul, and they have their core together. So it basically, seems like everybody in the West is fighting each other but nobody's going to get past the Warriors. There's no way. And what do you think about LeBron going west to a team that probably won't even make the finals anymore versus staying on the Cavs and having a fighting shot at at dragging a team into the finals? I don't know. I don't know if it's a promise that was made to him to join the team of people that they could have possibly, you know, brought in to to build a team around him or, or... on the flip side of that, is he tired of carrying the dead weight? Is he just want to be that guy that puts up numbers every night, plays for a good team, and and just get that monkey off his back of having to go to the finals every year and chase rings? I don't know. It's just, I it, it, he's a very hard person to read. He's he's not very public with a lot of his thoughts until, you know, he's made up his mind about what he wants to do. Yeah. It. It's kind of interesting to see like what what unfolds over the next couple seasons, um, but L.A. didn't really land anyone besides LeBron, and and the Warriors just got even better, which was hard to believe. Oh come on now, they signed Rajon Rondo. <laughs> Who? <laughs> yeah, he was good at one point for Boston, I think. Yeah, five six years ago. Yeah, and I don't know where he's been since, but I think he's been on the uh, U.S world tour ever since of NBA teams. <laughs> yeah. So it's just kind of, I don't, it's, it's weird, you know, like it, it felt like a lateral move. And to me on the outside, it felt more about stuff outside of basketball. Like 
my family wants to be here maybe, or, you know, I've got a lot of business things going on. It's just easier just to be in LA more frequently. Like, yeah, he's like, you know, you can get on a Skype call with LeBron at any minute. You can do this or that, but maybe he's got aspirations outside of basketball that require more attention uh, with in-person meetings and being in LA where there's a lot more people to get things done, you know, media wise. Cause from everything I kind of see, I don't really follow his outside basketball career too closely, but it seems like he's got a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, things going on outside of uh, basketball around like, you know, documentaries and, you know, media outlets like clutch sports and, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, all sorts of, things that he does and so um i wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot more going on outside of basketball where he felt like you know maybe this is a better place for me you know i've heard people say that like it doesn't matter it's lebron he can take a meeting anywhere but Mm -hmm. yeah he can but sometimes you need to be in person for some things and yeah, you could fly over to LA, but what if you're there for, you know, 40 games of your season plus practices and preseason and all that stuff, you know, like you're already there and it just makes things easier. Right. And he's to the point in his career where it's, it's LeBron is a brand mm-hmm. and he's all about marketing his brand, which is him <laughs> back to me, me, me. But I mean, just look what he did to, Cleveland as a whole for the for the economy in Cleveland downtown some of the revitalization stuff that we've seen there's new new businesses going up new restaurants you know they're revamping all of these industrial areas with these high-end apartments just Cleveland has thrived with LeBron being there Mm -hmm. now it's not necessarily going to happen in LA because LA is already a ginormous market Mm -hmm. but just to just to build on his brand and build on the Le- LeBron name as a whole, putting himself into a market of that size, it, it just it, the sky is the limit at that point. He just he just has much more visibility in LA. Everybody relates to the legacy of the Lakers. Um, you, you get the you, you get that West Coast influence. You know, mm-hmm. you, you got Jack Nicholson sitting at a courtside every game or is it jack nicholas i'm not sure <laughs> anyways <laughs> it, uh, it's just a bigger it's just a bigger market to market his brand and just to build on his empire out there it's simply all it is yeah exactly and that's <laughs> that's funny that you said that because i you tweeted out something that was a a band la bandwagon fan guide and, and you posted something like that, and somebody responded and said, are you actually serious? You have to explain to somebody who Jack Nicholson is? And I said, yeah, when half of them call him Jack Nicholas, you do. And then he said, fair point. <laughs> and, and to give credit where credit's due there, I actually had quoted the McNeil show on that. Uh, Reflog had posted that out there, and I quoted his uh, L.A. bandwagon uh, guide. So I don't want to steal any of his thunder on that one. That was purely him, but the points that were there were, were awesome. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, well, the last, well, the last part of the equation here for the LeBron era, they, they pulled down the banner that was on the side of the Sherwin Williams building. So we need something to replace it. I think you have a good idea. 
So yeah, I, pitch I me on it. I had a good idea, but it didn't get much traction. I don't know if we're not spreading the word or people just think that our little inside joke of a of a meme and a picture of what the the banner replacement should be is is just in fact that a joke. But I mean, I, I think the true hero needs to go up on the side of the of the uh, Sherwin Williams building until that next great athlete comes along is uh, Charles Ramsey. Oh, absolutely. You got some big testicles. <laughs> Dad giveaway. Uh, he, he should be up there with his McDonald's logo right there. I mean McDonald's. Yeah, I forgot to throw that. I should have photoshopped in a Big Mac in his hand instead of the thumb up. Yeah, exactly. I went to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dude, uh, he... Uh, He's something else, man. Uh, that's the guy for for everyone who doesn't know or or kind of forgets. Um, you remember the girls who were captured in in Cleveland and held hostage in his house for like how long was that? It was like it was, it was quite a while, like ten years or something. Almost ten years. Yeah. yeah the, the one girl, Amanda Berry, she actually uh, gave birth to a daughter by the guy that was her abductor, and she didn't have a child when they were taken and when they were finally discovered and found she had a nine-year-old child yeah it was amanda barry gina de jesus and um michelle knight i believe and yep. you know so all those girls were trapped in this house um i think the guy's name was ariel castro he ended up hanging himself in prison mm-hmm. um but yeah charles ramsey was the guy who heard amanda barry screaming and went and rescued her um so Hey, man, I'm all about it. Bro, I knew something was wrong when a little pretty white girl ran into a black man's arms. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. When she Amanda had escaped the house, she ran over, and he was the first person that was there. And he called 911, and the cops came out. And it, it's basically history from there. But if anybody's a local hero, it's that dude. Yeah, exactly. I throw his ass on that billboard with a McDonald's Big Mac in his hand, and, uh, you know, you can put the quote at the bottom that uh you know Bro, i knew something was wrong when a little pretty white girl ran into a black man's arms perfect <laughs> <laughs> i think i think that should be the billboard I, i'm good i'm good with that one but, <laughs> but uh it, on the serious side of that conversation, that seems to be where the, the conversation is focused. Who should go up there? And I, I think that the, the biggest loser in this conversation has been the Indians because for whatever reason, ESPN and all their cronies, they want to focus on putting Baker Mayfield or somebody from the Browns uh, up there. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to put a Cleveland Brown on that banner put Joe Thomas up there for fuck's sakes because the guy started his career in Cleveland. He ended his career in Cleveland. He is Cleveland personified. That's the end of the discussion. Get Joe Thomas on the side of that building. That's fucked up, man. I don't know. See, to me, like putting an offensive lineman on your billboard is sadder than having nothing there at all. (laughs) Yeah, at, least you're, at least you're displaying some loyalty there. I understand that, and I love Joe Thomas. Don't get me wrong, but he's not playing anymore. Yeah. I mean, you might as well put Bernie Kosar up there for for fuck's sake. Oh Jesus Christ! 
Bernie, Bernie. Yeah. Only if you got that blurring on the PA system. Yeah, exactly. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of that. If, if we're going to stick with current players and somebody who's really killing it right now, the, the, I don't even know. I mean, they're, they're, oh, wait. Number 19. Oh, yeah, baby. Bernie, Bernie. Oh, yeah. How you can grow. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Super Bowl we never went to. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what I said uh, the other day. <laughs> Everyone's like praising Bernie Kosar in the 80s. It's like, dude, you fucking lost in the playoffs, okay? Like, great story, bro. He <laughs> didn't win shit. Yeah, nice try. Please insert more coins. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you made it to the last level and failed. So you didn't even make it to the last level. You didn't even get out of the last round of the playoffs. Like, you didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he couldn't get past John Elway's giant buck teeth. No way, dude. No one could. Oh, my God. Yeah. uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just a completely unpopular opinion in Cleveland, but I still hold true. That dude didn't win you shit. Maybe it was fun to watch because you were making the playoffs and you had a pretty decent team. But at the end of the day, you still didn't make it there. You never won. Great story. It's just like the Indians. Nobody talks about the mid-90s Indians as if they won you know, the World Series. They lost. They even made it to the World Series and lost. And they're still not held in that high of a regard like in, in Cleveland sports lore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. People's obsession with the Browns just drives me nuts. There's this dude that's on Twitter, and <laughs> this was awesome, actually. That guy. So let me see if I can pull that up real quick, actually. But uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Was it the guy that was trying to sell season tickets to us? <laughs> yeah, him and the guy that was commenting back. Oh, yeah. Mike Judge. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, an unfortunate name to have. Yeah. There is only one Mike Judge, by the way. Yes. And, you know, he came out and made, like, maybe one of the greatest shows of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, anyhow, um, what did you say to them? I think you started this, didn't you? I did. And I should be a little bit more on top of my game this morning. But, oh, it was, he was coming out. Oh, and- here, I have the thread. Okay, go ahead. All right, so Mike Judge posts, uh, considering at Brown season tickets, shoot me a message and I can connect you with a rep. September 9th will be here soon, hashtag Cleveland. And so you responded with, generally, I, or I generally try to avoid lighting my money on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and so this dude who his handles uh, at Brown's therapy responds with a gif of Kevin Hart and he's got this like look on his face and he says, really, you know, and, and the, you know, he's got like his jaw kind of distended and like, Hmm. <laughs> and, uh, so then I get on and I responded, make a case as to why this isn't a bad use of funds is Owen 16, your selling point, or is it Hugh Jackson? 
<laughs> I mean, I rest my case. <laughs> and then he responds, if you can't see it, I can't help you. Hashtag Browns. And there's a, a GIF involved and whatnot. Yeah. And then I said, because there isn't one. Thank you for making my point. P.S. I am a Browns fan, but they need to prove they're worth people's time. I do follow them, but I also value my time. If they produce a steaming pile of garbage, I'll go do other things instead and just read about it later. And then he responds, I disagree. Actually, the only thing you proved is that you are part of the same old Browns crowd and haven't paid any attention to all the new players that were added or the changes in our front office and coaching. However, you're always welcome to change your opinion later. Peace sign. I said, I know about them. I just don't care until it translates into wins. Everyone's preseason optimism is sickening until they prove they can do something with it. And it's been the same preseason optimism every season since 99. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's exactly my thoughts when he said that to me. I'm part of the same old Browns? No, dude. You are. I'm sorry. I am actually waiting to see results. Meanwhile, you will invest way too much of your time following a shitty franchise that can't prove that they can put a fucking winning team on the field. Oh, I don't know. In the last 20 years, dude. So uh, you might want to take that ball and shove it right up your ass and go walk yourself into Cleveland Brown Stadium for fuck's sake. I mean... They're they're miserable, guy. Like they're just terrible. They're a horrible organization. They haven't proven you to be able to do anything. So why would you invest a minute of your time into this team until they actually start producing wins on the field? No, you're the one who's going and paying for your tickets and you're buying their concessions and you're giving Jimmy Haslam all your money. Meanwhile, he's just walking to the bank cashing your checks and then he's going and defrauding people at fucking Flying Pilot J, dude. So I don't know about you, but I wouldn't waste a minute of your time besides maybe checking the box scores at the end of the game to see how they did until they can actually start proving that they can put something on the field that's actually worth a damn. But they can't. Until that happens, don't waste your fucking time. You are part of the same old Browns. Exactly. And well stated. And the last, I'm going to throw this little tidbit in here. The last time we had a glimmer of hope in this second version of the Browns was Butch Davis and Derek fucking Anderson. So, yeah. I mean, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry that I don't go and just shove my head right up whoever the coach's ass is and then, you know, pretend like everything is roses. You know, it's just, it, you guys are dumb. Like, don't waste your goddamn time on this team. I don't understand it. You have the Cleveland Indians who are fucking set and poised to win the Central Division and potentially make a run to the World Series. Nobody gives two shits about that. Uh, LeBron leaves. Everyone's worried about that. And then you got the Browns over here who fucking can't even, I mean, hike the ball, for crying out loud. They act like they're a peewee goddamn football team. And you're over here like, oh, Browns, Browns, Browns are going to win eight, nine games this year. No, dude, they're going to win like three games this year because they're the Browns. They suck ass, okay? I know know that they have good players on their team. They're still probably only going to win three games. Yep. The Cleveland Browns, the only team that I can possibly think of that has a quarterback page on Wikipedia just for the list of quarterbacks that you have to page down on three times to get through the entire <laughs> fucking list. Dude, absolutely. And I'm just tired of it. Like, I, I want them to win as much as everybody else does. But I also have the sense to know, like, don't waste my Sunday afternoon. I get two fucking days off of work a week, and you're telling me I'm going to spend four hours of one of those days watching that abomination on the field every fucking Sunday? You're goddamn nuts. Yep. 
Exactly. Spend your time with your family doing shit that's way more valuable than watching that steaming pile of garbage that they throw out there every Sunday and call it an NFL franchise because it's not one. And until they prove that they have one, don't waste your time. Yep. I I wish we could do some live reporting once the season kicks in from the dog pound just to see how many – See how many of the old Browns regimes still sit in the dog pound today? They Dude, we're still sit. probably paying Romeo Cornell. <laughs> probably. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, guys, get your heads out of your asses. This is why they're perpetually able to suck. Because we have the dumbest fan base in the league. Technically speaking, the uh, t- season ticket holders are probably still paying Bernie because I, I doubt that Bernie pays for his fucking luge. I, I got to go to one Browns game. This has been several years ago. Mm-hmm. It's when um, the Browns played the Ravens on Monday night, and I got an opportunity to go with my employer at the time, and they had a uh, a loose seating up in the upper deck, really super nice. I looked down two sections, and there is Bernie the man himself sitting up there in the luge. Nice. That guy's not paying for seats. No. These ticket holders are paying for Bernie to go to those goddamn games still. <laughs> Uh, yeah (laughs) wait i think this better describes the uh the state of the cleveland browns oh my god we're burning alive (laughs) in comes the meat wagon (laughs) 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 yeah (laughs) oh my god yeah it's uh i don't know man like it's just frustrating listening to these people. You look like a Helen. <laughs> oh, wait. Here you go. In comes a meat wagon. Yeah. So uh, that being said, I'll step off my soapbox now. But I just really wish that Cleveland fans would understand what's actually in front of them and back the teams that can prove that they're winning. And, and you know, you've had the Cleveland Indians since 2013, 2014 have actually been putting together very good teams since Terry Francona came back and took over, or came back, he came here and took over, I should say. And, you know, you don't go support that team, but you'll support the team that can barely field enough players that could beat a upper echelon college team. So, yeah. I don't know. Eh, time will tell. I mean, I, I've said all along, I... I always hope every season there's a little more competition in the AFC, but yeah. there never is. <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, I think uh, that's the close of our post-LeBron leaving for LA show. Um, you know, hopefully he does all right in LA, but I don't think we'll be seeing LeBron in the finals for a while. No, I think that streak is definitely over. And it, he might surprise us. I mean, every time he would make a jump, that when he went to Miami, they were like, uh, he's not going to go to the finals for two to three years. The team has time to gel. The team has time to gel. He comes back to Cleveland. They went to finals. That's right. Around first season. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, that being said, I think that's it for this week. Um, we'll catch you guys later. 
Alright motherfuckers the show is over. Subscribe to our show anywhere you get your podcasts and do not forget to follow us on Twitter at Prodwackers or on Instagram at Prodwackers. And remember every time you yawn, there is a ghost trying to put his wiener in your mouth. See you next time.